Warning. While Stephanie Meyer may have written Twilight for children and young adults, Twilight, a literary podcast, contains adult content. If that kind of stuff isn't your speed, feel free to stop here. Everyone else, please sit back and enjoy our explicit podcast. Welcome and hello, salutations, because it's Twilight, a literary deep dive into the blood-sucking skin, sparkling world of Twilight. From a lifelong fan. And a first-time reader, join us as we try to answer the question, does, does it, it suck? suck? You're Well, um, you know, uh, friends, friends and family and, and listeners and lovers. So this I was just thinking earlier because Spencer and I, we work on opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. So we only see each mm-hmm. other like twice a week. Yeah. Um, which leads me, I don't know about you, Spencer, but it leads me with like a week's worth of shit that I want to talk about oh. with you. Yeah. And then we record it. Ah. And that's what this podcast is all about, really. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of times I want to text you or say something, but I'm like, save it for the oh, podcast. God. And so we save, finally save get it to for talk that content. about <laughs> Twilight. Well, there is something I want to talk about. It's not actually podcast related. Actually, it may not be a good time to bring this up, uh, but we... Do not have any more money. <laughs> so I, I'm sure you've heard about the whole stock AMC oh, GameStop thing. Yeah? I kind of got short GameStop. I, I didn't short it. I got in. I bought a bunch of AMC stocks. Um, unfortunately, it was I bought stocks for the channel AMC. Oh, fuck. The American movie channel. God damn. Not the. Which is not doing well. No. And it's there's no ironic Reddit thread that's pumping it up either. So we we are in a big hole uh i will say so if you guys could donate to the podcast <laughs> That's where it you're would going it would really way. help it would be great okay yeah well uh, for those of you who burn wall street to the ground seriously eat the fucking rich so for those of you who don't know that is my lovely co-host spencer and that is my average co-host jess Thanks. she's doing just fine i'm doing just fine Damn it. You bumped yourself up to pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's Twilight, and this week we are covering chapters 15 through 17, and we're going to begin with a little recap. A little recap of the week's chapters. Yeah. And we're going to start with me, and I'm going to start with chapter 15. Pressure. Pushing down on me. Pushing, pushing down, down on, on you. No, But I don't do. Got it. Okay, babe, we gotta get through this. Sorry. God, I miss David Bowie. I love him so much. Chapter 15, Pressure. It's spring break in Forks. Hell yeah, let's do some beer bongs. Hell yeah. Oh, that's not what we do in spring break? That's not. Well, you used to do that before I met you, and then suddenly <laughs> you became now allergic I'm a to IPAs. <laughs> yeah, it's spring break in Forks, and for the second year in a row, Bella is being hunted by a psycho vampire. She should have just gone to Port A. 
That morning, Bella wakes up and gets ready to head down to La Push, where she now spends the majority of her days under the protection of the werewolves. Of the werewolves. Jacob checks in on her when he can, but until Victoria is caught, the La Push posse stays on nearly constant patrol, leaving Bella to spend most of her time walking on the beach or making awkward small talk with Billy Black. Mm. The next night, Daddy Swan, Sam, and Emily join them at Black Home for dessert. Which I love that the way that she wrote that uh, Emily brought a dessert that would win over a harder man than Charlie. Oh, I, I, wrote, I, wrote, uh, I wrote in my book, I put a little comment when it said harder man than Charlie. I said, there is no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> that man does not exist. Man, oh, I, if we ever become famous, I would auction off my copies of the books because I have so many little jokes I write in there that oh, I can't like put into the show. You know what? I can't wait to. You should read just go through it. it. Yeah. yeah, I think like you would really enjoy it because yeah. it's a lot of like <laughs> re- like references to like stuff that would. I mostly write notes that I think would make you laugh, which oh, okay. is how I write the jokes <laughs> or the script too. Gotcha. But it's a lot of stuff that like I can't put into the script. But I would I would love for you to read it sometime. Great. I think you would enjoy I, I it. I will. I will. Um, Jacob and Bella skip out early to the garage and somehow don't hook up. Like, I mean, that's real. what I would have done. In they they go to the garage and then they go in a car. <laughs> like, there's not a more teen hookup oh scenario. No, seriously. Like, while well, your parents are like, you know, drinking or whatever they're doing. <laughs> Jacob grabs her hand, and the heat from the skin is practically burning her. She asks if the intense body heat is a wolf thing, and he says it is. Their bodies run about 108 to 109, and he basically doesn't have to wear a shirt anymore. Not even in a snowstorm. <laughs> not that he would want to anyways. Or would we want to? Not that I would not want Not that we would want him to yeah. either. <laughs> Bella asks if they heal fast, too. And he, again, says yes, and even grabs a pocket knife to demonstrate before Bella thankfully stops him. Though I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the type of person like that would be like J- Jacob and be like, oh, yeah, you want to see? Yeah, I, I think I would be in the same boat as you. I'd be like, I'd be like, oh shit, yeah, yeah do it. See. <laughs> Just don't ruin your mouth like Emily. Oh, babe, I'm still not over that, that. her oh. ruined mouth. It's so I know cruel. that is a fucked up thing to say. <laughs> Jacob recounts the night his powers first emerge. Typically, the wolf powers are triggered by a burst of anger or frustration once they reach the proper age. But Bella had made Jacob so happy, it didn't occur for him when it was supposed to, which uh, it, it's. That's really I, it, sweet. It makes like that was a really sweet moment. So happy. Like it's that. something that it's kind of like in uh, Last Airbender when Zuko is training Aang mm. to firebend mm-hmm. and he can't and he because can't... like he was fueled by anger the whole time and now right. he's like happy or like content with his life and, and he has, has to, to kind of like relearn. Right. I I kind of I really like that it's sweet. Like yeah, it is super sweet. Instead, his powers just kept building and building until after the movie date. In heavy <laughs> that, quotes. That awful, awful. <laughs> Whatever you call that night. Whatever the fuck it was. With with uh, the simp. <laughs> but after that date, the, his powers burst out when Billy casually told him that he looked weird. Which is a odd thing to tell someone. Like, you, you look, look weird. You look weird. You're looking a little That is kind uh, of annoying. Weird. Instead of saying, like, you don't look good or something, he's like, you look weird. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> At first... Would you burst into a werewolf form if that happened to no, you? No, but I'd be like... Fuck you. <laughs> At first, he hated the creature he'd become, but he's recently been able to accept it. And I'm thinking that's probably because, you know, Bella said, I don't hate you. Yeah, no, well, because clearly there was like that whole anger thing, and it seemed like it was all because of his powers, like how much of a dick he was being. But it, but now in retrospect, it seems like most of that 
was just how he felt about Bella. Yeah, wasn't, like, like he the was, powers tra- I think he was like mood. afraid and and frustrated. And like I said, like he was projecting his own fear of being rejected onto Bella, and right. especially know learning her backstory with the Collins. You know, all of that happened at the same time. So yeah, I think that's a good point. I think yeah, he really is just. Just knowing that, like, he still could be loved by people who liked him before. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, if your face gets ruined and they still love you. (laughs) But they kiss it every time they see you. Ruined. Uh. I I will stop saying it when Bella does. (laughs) However, he still fears his powers and wonder if it's safe for Bella to even be around him. If he loses control for even a second, he could permanently hurt her, just like Sam did to Emily. Luckily for Jacob, he's a natural. As the descendant of a long line of Quileute chiefs, go Chiefs, Super Bowl, what up? <laughs> no. I capitalized Chiefs in our script because it's Chiefs. Oh, th- that's That's why. just for me. <laughs> but thanks to his lineage, he's better than the others at controlling his powers and can phase back and forth with pretty... He can phase back Relative. and forth pretty easy. Relative ease. That's what I was trying to say. But he wonders if that actually makes him even more of a monster. Nah, No, you're just talented. Dude. No. You're just honing your gifts. I would say it makes you less of a monster because you can control it. You, you can manipulate it. Like, you're using it as a tool less than it is, like, a part of you, you know? Yeah, it, but, like, in a good way. Right, that's what I mean. Like, he's not a monster if he can... I would say it's the other way. If, like, you couldn't control it, then it's, like, how much of it is well, you I mean, or, or... You can wolf. say the same thing for, like, Carlisle, right? Like, he tries to use his I think his I'd say to Carlisle for... is hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> True. Very true. <laughs> Might get a prostate exam early, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, switching topics. Uh, Jacob tries to get some information about vampires. His inquiries make Bella feel more like a spy than Jacob's friend, which I also felt that way, too. I'm yeah, like, he is He is still kind of a dick about the whole vampire thing, but uh, he's getting better. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but she tells him what she knows. She explains the unique powers of each of the Cullens. And I love just like how jealous and like deflated Jacob gets when she's like, oh, Edward can read minds too. I've seen that before. And he's like, like, oh. Because like he was, because like he's like not proud of his powers, but Jacob, but like hearing like, cause, but he's like, yeah, we we have telekinesis between the wolves and stuff. He's like, like oh yeah, Ed- Edward did that. I've seen that before. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm not special. So, so my not- telekinesis is not interesting to you. Okay, <laughs> fair, fine, fine. But the conversation becomes too much for her, and she has to stop. She shows him the crescent-shaped scar James gave her and explains how she got it and how Edward actually saved her from being turned. At this, Jacob starts twitching with anger, shaking the entire car along with him. Bella manages to calm him down, but it's a reminder that he still doesn't have full control over his powers. Days go by in a listless haze as Bella searches for ways to pass the time down in La Push. She tries making small talk with Billy, but that goes about as well as you could expect. She spends time with Emily, helping out with chores and cooking for the posse, but Emily and Sam's constant PDA is still too much for Bella to handle, and she can only stand to be around for a few hours at a time. Reasonably. Understandable. So Bella resorts to wandering the beach, anxiously worrying about the Collins and her new werewolf, sort of, but not really, boyfriend. Mm. Noticing her frayed nerves, Jacob proposes they go do something fun for once. Preferably not supernatural related. Yeah. Preferably not something supernatural related. But little does he know. Little does he know. 
He suggests they go cliff diving since he promised to take her before. Fucking insane. Yeah. Bad idea, Jacob, I, I honestly. I forgot she was into that still. Uh, yeah. And like, is there nothing else? <laughs> that was the only other thing well, you could do? Well, she did ask. She was like, Jake, right. you have to take me cliff diving. But she was not in a good place, though. Like, right. you got to know. But anyways. <laughs> The water is frigid and dark, but Jacob can feel the weather changing and thinks that it'll be warmer. It'll be warm enough to go into the next day. I love that though. It kind of, you know, like how animals can tell. When yeah, yeah, you can kind of sense changing. the weather. I love it. Yeah. Bella drives over the next day, musing to herself that she'll be going on a date with Jacob and Edward, since his voice was sure to make an appearance in her head. Slut. <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, she, I am. Uh, she, I fucking am. I told you that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She expects Jacob to be, um, waiting for her outside his house, but when he isn't, she goes up to the door. Billy answers and tells her Jacob is out with the other boys. They found out with the boys. Out with the boys. They found a fresh trail on Victoria that morning and, uh, didn't want to waste the opportunity. Noticing the worried look on her face, Billy assures her that the boys are strong and know what they're doing, but his words do little to ease her concerns. Bella tells him she's headed down to the beach and to let Jacob know when he gets back. Yeah, anytime Bella tells an adult she's going to go somewhere alone, just not going to be good. Bad news. Bad, something bad's going to happen. In a, a uniquely bad. <laughs> Jacob was right. The weather had changed. A thick layer of clouds coated the sky in a gray haze, and the air was heavy with a warm, charged pressure. Was that a hurricane? <laughs> yeah, I, that was what I was thinking. I'm like, this sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. It's a typhoon. Yes, when it's on, on that, that coast. Side. You're right. You're right. A storm was on its way. Even Bella could tell. The weather only added to her anxiety, and she found she couldn't stand to beat the beach anymore. She was counting on hearing Edward's voice more than she had realized, and the desire was only growing stronger. Looking out at the cliff, she made her choice. She was going to jump on her own. Fucking Bella. <sighs> just like, just come on. Really? She's unstable right now. I mean, she clearly. She's... Bella intended to jump from one of the lower cliffs, but in typical Bella fashion, she was unsure of where to kind of go and ends up at the top instead. Thanks. <laughs> Dumb, oh, dumbass. <laughs> The storm was coming in fast now, and she had no time to search for the lower levels. She would have to jump from here, or not at all. So not at all. (laughs) No. Not at all is the choice. Nope. So she steps towards the edge, and the voice she so longed to hear comes to her. Don't Don't do do this. Don't do it, Bella. That's not how he sounds. Don't do it, Bella. (laughs) Edward pleads with her. Please. (laughs) But his voice only makes her want to jump more. She leaps from the cliff and plunges deep into the icy black water. Adrenaline courses through her, confirming in her mind that she's made the right choice. It was fun and not nearly as scary as she imagined. And that's when the current caught her. Uh-oh. Rut row. That's when the cannibalism started. <laughs> so preoccupied with the size of the cliffs and her jump, Bella didn't consider the currents she was diving into. The waves clashed and spiraled into each other, effortlessly tossing Bella's body back and forth. Edward pleads for her to keep swimming, but Bella can feel her limbs grow weak as the oxygen leaves her body. She then sees Edward in front of her. All of him. A perfectly preserved memory. Wait, all of him? He had clothes on. All of him? All of him. Even his butthole. <laughs> it was a good sentence I wrote, let me say it. Yeah. All of him. 
a perfectly preserved memory floating undisturbed by the clashing currents. That was a damn good sentence. That's why I wanted to be like, hey, let me, just let me get this one out. <laughs> I was proud of that one. <laughs> he yells at her, Boa, telling her to swim to the surface. <laughs> but it's no use her body feels weak and she's being tossed around so much she can no longer tell which way is up what a nightmare isn't that terrifying like Like, you don't even know it's so dark like you have no spatial awareness drowning fucking freaks me out like when i see like drowning like on tv I literally hold my breath until it's yeah, over. Right. And yeah, right. Yeah, you do the thing. With see, see how long you could last with what the characters. Doing. I feel that same fear though. Yeah, um, here. Fucking awful. She then feels herself slam into something hard, real hard. Real. <laughs> Sorry. I just got the giggles. I just got the giggles. I got the giggles. Water rushes down her throat as she can feel herself being dragged away from her precious little boy Edward. <laughs> My baby boy. No, baby boy's Jacob. Jacob's baby boy. Edward's a man. He's a man. Well, he is 109 or whatever. Yeah. Chapter 16. Paris. Bon Paris. Mm-hmm. Oh, Monsieur Paris. Bublé. <laughs> I do love this chapter, though. I know. This is this is yeah, one we, of the top ones for me. We, we talked about it briefly beforehand, just how much you, you enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I, I agree. It was a really good it's chapter. It's a real chef's kiss. Mamma mia. Mm, that's Italian. Mm. Uh, Paris is still... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch it at first. <laughs> I really got the giggles we right got now. the giggles. It's all good, baby. Bella is still disoriented as her head breaks through the surface of the water. Her throat burns from the salt water rushing out of her mouth. The waves still crash against her body, but something was keeping her in place. Breath! <laughs> God damn it. I, I saw that right before you said it. I was like, oh, fuck. I saw it when I was doing a, re- a read through it yeah. earlier, and I was going to change it, but I thought, no, no. I'll just wait. I literally, <laughs> just as you were saying it, I was like, oh, I wrote breath. <laughs> God damn it. I'll start that over. <laughs> I keep that in, but yeah, just say it correctly, but... <laughs> We can leave my mistake in. Breathe, an anxious voice orders. She does her best to comply, but water keeps spewing from her mouth as something rock-like repeatedly slams against her back. Finally, she recognizes Jacob, desperate and scared, trying to jar her awake. Finally, she's able to spit out a horse, Jake, much to his and Sam's relief. That was really good. Thank you. As Jacob carries her away, Bella notices what looks like a small fire dancing on the black water. Mm. But she dismisses it as just a post-unconsciousness delusion. And Bella knows something about being unconscious. Yeah. Jacob explains he went searching for her after Victoria disappeared into the water. Into the water. Into the water. What's in the water? He also tells her that Harry queer... Queer water. Uh, that is that is that is that who he is in the uh, gender swapped <laughs> version? <laughs> that's funny. Oh my god! Well, that's his new name. Too bad he. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we have cha- a lot of chances to use it. He also tells her that Harry Clearwater had a heart attack that morning and was in the hospital. Yikes! Not good. No. I wonder why. Mm, well, we'll talk about it. Uh, Bella sits. <laughs> Jacob sits Bella down on his living room couch and tells her to stay there. Fucking don't move. I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. (laughs) We're all tired of this shit. 
Um, Bella asks him to stay with her for a while, and he reluctantly agrees. Exhausted by the relentless vampire hunting, he falls asleep almost instantly. Bella joins him, and for the first time in a very long time, she has a normal dream. The only standout being a final image of an empty theater stage with the painted moon in the sky and a girl standing at the edge of the balcony and a girl standing at the edge of a balcony. Bella wakes up thinking about Juliet of and Romeo fame and wonders if Juliet had lived if she would have gone on to marry Paris and if she could have ever truly loved him after losing her Romeo. Bella then thinks of how Daddy Swan must be feeling, realizing how truly stupid her cliff diving stunt really was. That's what made you think it was stupid? Uh, you know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Billy comes through the door, and upon seeing his face, she knows. Harry Clearwater was dead. Yeah. Uh, so sorry about all the <laughs> just die already jokes I yeah, made about Harry Clearwater. I, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> just kidding. I don't feel bad. <laughs> this, he could have ate less steak. Sam is there, wheeling Billy in, but quickly leaves, mumbling that he needs to go back. Billy tells Bella that Daddy Swan is still at the hospital, helping with arrangements and then silently leaves to his room. Jacob then offers to take Bella home. Yeah, there's a great line there I really liked. It says, uh, Bella says, uh, or she thinks, I felt like a peeping Tom, peering through the cracks at a private sorrow that wasn't mine. That's that. a really good yeah, line. Yeah, no, it is. Also, she's still soaking wet. Yeah. She never she, changes she never or anything. Changed. No, and like now they're From ocean water, wet. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was dumb too. Yeah, like they even have a whole, she even has a whole section where Jacob goes, gets clothes for her, and brings them just so that Bella, just for Bella to not wear them. Yeah, fucking <laughs> so I'm just like, why do we do all this? <laughs> he pulls up to her house, but just as he begins to step out, he quickly shuts the cab door. Vampire, he tells her. Vampire. He could smell their scent the moment he opened the door. He slams on the gas, pushing Bella's decrepit truck as far as it could go, and wheels her away from the home. But as he does, Bella spots a familiar sight. I-, I would like to point out that right before this happens, like my deepest dreams almost came true where Bella was seriously contemplating like choosing Jacob. Yeah, choosing yeah, you're like... right. I did kind of skip over that. She really was like coming with the, the Romeo Juliet Paris theme. Yeah. She was like, maybe like, I should like, well, you know, you I mean like how like she's like thinking how how much more happier am I going to be able to be? Like, I'm not going to be able to be like I once was, but Jacob's probably as good as it's going to get for me, you know? Yeah, which, you know. It's, it's a, fucking sad, but. It's sad and, you know, untrue. Like it, Untrue, but, for sure. you know, she when you're a teenager, you don't know. She found happiness, I think. Yeah. It just, you need a lot of time. And I was very upset that that got interrupted. <laughs> well, I think very poignantly, we'll yeah. see who it got interrupted by. Hmm. By Laurent. He's not dead. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stop! Bella yells at Jacob. She recognizes a vehicle parked in front of her house. It was Carlisle's car. Bella explains what's going on. She says she wants to get out, nearly pushing Jacob into transforming right on the spot. Jacob worries that it's a trap, but finally agrees to let Bella go. Angrily, he drives off with the snarky, Hope you don't die. <laughs> Bella cautiously goes inside and flips on the lights to find that there was indeed someone there waiting for her. Chapter 17, Visitor. In the living room, Bella is met by the large black eyes of Alice Cullen. Oh my God. You fucking called it. I called it. Yeah. I mean, you called it too early, but you called it. 
Um, Bella hurls herself at Alice, tears already streaming down her face. Alice carries the weeping Bella over to the couch and places her on her lap. I just I thought that was such a sweet moment, especially since Bella or Alice hasn't spent much time with humans since they left. Is probably trying to remember like how to deal with like a crying human, but yeah. she's just so sweet and it's so nurturing and 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 like motherly to Bella. It's very sweet. Yeah, just I love that relationship. Mm-hmm. Bella calms down enough to notice the strain on Alice's face. She was thirsty, and as everyone likes to mention, Bella must smell delicious. Everyone says it. She's got to taste good. Bella apologizes, but Alice says she's fine. It was her fault for not hunting before, but she was in a hurry. Yeah, it even makes it sweeter that like Alice is going out of her way to comfort Bella in a way that works for Bella, even though it's clearly uncomfortable for Alice. Right. One, but... vampires don't kind of show emotion like that, and two, like she's literally like actively trying not to kill her. Yeah. You know, so... I thought that it's just very sweet. No, I it's I love it. I love their very sweet friend. Yeah. 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 Alice saw a vision of Bella jumping from a tall cliff, thinking she was trying to kill herself. She always. I mean, was she? (laughs) I mean, God, but Bella does have a death wish. Yeah. I mean, maybe not intentionally. She's maybe not suicidal, but she has a bit of a death wish. (laughs) She always feared Edward's choice would lead to this, so she'd been keeping tabs on Bella. Again, what a sweet. So sweet. Yeah, I love that. Which must be hard because Edward can read her mind, so she's got to be really careful about it and stuff too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, but I mean, as we learn, he. He's not there all the time, but still. Alice is furious, but Bella explains that it wasn't a suicide attempt. She was doing it for fun. You know, recreation. As you do, recreation. And didn't think about how strong the currents were. She mentions Jacob saved her, and Alice pauses to lean in and and smell Bella's shoulder. But, like, as a vampire, you got to know what that, like, motion must seem like to a human. Like, if you just suddenly, like, stop, and then you just go, like, lean in, and you're like, uh. Uh, and Alice is like, is now the time. <laughs> well, and, Bella, and Alice, when Bella like kind of like flinches, Alice is like, come on. And I'm like, you were just saying how thirsty you were, and you just stopped talking to go into my neck. Like, I'm sorry, that's just a little weird. Like, I trust you, but come on. <laughs> Alice asks how Jacob can manage the currents when Bella couldn't, and she says he's really strong, but Alice isn't buying it. After hesitating for a moment, Bella reveals that Jacob is a werewolf. <laughs> Well, that certainly explains the smell. (laughs) Alice replies like an asshole. (laughs) You smell awful. (laughs) Alice wasn't around the last time there were werewolves in Forks. Um, Alice disapproves, though, saying it's dangerous being friends with a werewolf, especially a young one. Even if he loves her, he could lose his temper for a second and hurt her. Or ruin her. Ruin, yeah. Um, Alice shakes her Which head. Which is just very ironic coming from Alice. <laughs> I know. Alice shakes her head, say, saying only Bella could find a way to put herself in greater danger after all the vampires left. Okay, but Bella didn't know he was a werewolf. That's it's so her true. defense. Yeah, he I, was... It, and not only that, he was not a werewolf he, when no, he became friends. No, he, Bella's just as upset about this. <laughs> she she already went through this. Like, does everything in my life have to be yeah. fucking supernatural? Yeah, Alice, Bella isn't thrilled about the circumstance either. <laughs> Bella tells her that not all the vampires are left. She tells her that if it wasn't for Jake and his friends, Laurent and or Victoria would have killed her by now. Bella fills Alice in on everything that's been happening. And Alice mumbles that her leaving didn't actually do any good, did it? No, no, it fucking didn't. Yeah, and then a great line from Bella, kind of standing up for herself. She goes, well, it's not like you left for my benefit. 
Because he really didn't. Well, I mean, at, the, at okay. least Edward convinced himself he was. Yeah. But he's not really, they're not really helping. Alice apologizes for intruding into Bella's life again and begins to get up to leave. Bella begs for her to stay, and seeing the pain in her face, Alice agrees to spend the night. Which is nice, because it's got to gotta fuck up a lot of shit for Alice. She's got to do a lot of lying to cover yeah. all this up. Fuck. Alice tells Bella, <clears throat> Alice then tells Bella that she looks like hell, like down to her core. Yeah. Bella is clearly a mess. To which Bella replies, what did you think you were going to find? I love that line. The phone rings, and Bella answers. It's Jacob. Hello? <laughs> it's me, Bella. <laughs> Hello? That's how she talks on the phone. It's weird. No. Uh, it's Jacob, but he quickly hangs up, only calling to make sure that Bella was still alive. Mm. Alice tells her if she's going to stay the night, she'll need to get a change of clothes and go hunt. She tells Bella to give her an hour, and she'll be back. With a kiss on Bella's cheek, she's gone in an instant. Bella then finally goes to shower and gets She's dinner. been soaking wet with seawater this whole time. Yeah, which is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she also gets dinner ready for Daddy Swan um, when he comes home. And once the food is ready... Really? Once the food is ready, Bella goes to watch TV and finds Alice waiting there with fresh butterscotch-colored eyes. Bella sits down, leaning her head onto Alice's shoulder. With a deep breath, she asks if Edward knows she's here. Alice tells her he doesn't. He actually isn't living with the family at the moment and only checks in every few months. Their conversation is interrupted when Daddy Swan comes home. He slowly trudges through the door and Bella runs up to embrace him. He notices Alice, an unexpected sight his already dazed mind could barely register. He asks if Carlisle has come too, clearly trying to ask about Edward without saying his name, which, which is smart. so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Smart and sweet, he, but he knows just saying the name what that would do to Bella. I just like that touch. Yeah. Alice tells him she came alone, and Daddy Swan goes to eat the dinner Bella made for him, and Bella joins Alice back on the couch. She wanted to stay up all night talking, but her near drowning had left her body exhausted. She falls asleep with her head still on Alice's shoulder. Bella wakes up the and next her hand down her pants. <laughs> you wish. I'm turning this into a lesbian fan fiction if it kills me. Okay. And it will kill me. <laughs> Bella wakes up early the next morning, tucked in on the couch. She's about to get up when she hears Alice and Daddy Swan talking in the kitchen. He's telling her about what Bella went through when the Collins left. The situation was far worse than we realized. The desperation Charlie felt is heavy in his voice when he recalls that time. He compares it to living with a zombie, alive but soulless and hollow. The only time she showed any emotion were her panicked screams in the middle of the night. Alice says that things seem better now, and Daddy Swan credits it to Jacob, but he still sees flashes of pain in Bella's eyes and worries if she'll ever fully get over it. Another great scene by Daddy Swan. I know. I... He's kind of plays up, played up as like a bit of adult, you know, or kind of, you know. Like, no, but not dumb by any means, but like he's well aware. But he 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 may not be able to help very well with things, but he completely understands what's going on, and he sees what Bella's going through. He just may not have the tools to help, help her, her correctly. Yeah. But I I just like that touch because he fair he's very emotionally intelligent. No, exactly. At least when, and when I love that when Bella realizes that too. Like, damn, I wasn't fooling him at. Well, and it's great because as the reader, too, we skip over all that time and mm -hmm. we know what Bella's going through. But like you really see the gravity of it when yeah. Daddy Swan and those months stop being just single words on a page and 
they were months of time that Bella was just like this and how scary that must have been. Right. When the conversation dies down, Bella makes a show of pretending to wake up, making sure they don't know she was eavesdropping, which I imagine she was I'm not. sure Alice may have known. I feel knows. like Alice could see her bullshit. Bella joins Alice at the table while Daddy Swan goes to get to make arrangement for Harry's funeral. Alice catches Bella up on the Collins with one notable exception. More on that in the discussion. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Daddy Swan leaves for Harry's funeral. The girls spend the day at the house, going around catching up on chores while chatting. In the Just middle, a couple gals. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. In the middle of scrubbing the bathtub, the doorbell rings. Alice was surprised, a feeling she wasn't used to having. Bella goes to answer, but Alice is hesitant, not used to uncertainty. Bella has a hunch that it's Jacob, which would mean Alice's powers won't work on werewolves, something she isn't very happy about. Alice decides to leave to not risk angering Jacob, and once again, Alice vanishes with a kiss on Bella's cheek. Wow. Hot. There's a lot that we learned in these chapters, uh, Spence, so I'd like to ask you, uh, what have you learned this week about vampires or werewolves? And do you have any predictions for what's to come? Yeah, so we learned uh, a, f- a fair bit was going on in this chapter. So we got a bit of a lengthy discussion here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few like werewolf power facts. Uh, werewolves are uh, run hotter than normal humans, mm-hmm. which we covered, which uh, they also mentioned kind of prevents them from going to a normal doctor because if they went in with 109 fever, they would be dead. Right. <laughs> uh, or brain dead, at the very least. They also have super healing. Um, and we learn kind of how their powers originate. And they're kind of, they reach a certain age. They start growing, kind of going through like puberty part mm-hmm. two. And then it kind of builds until some kind of flash of anger or frustration. Any kind of big emotion, negative emotion, it seems like, will kind of just be the trigger and it'll transform yeah. them. Uh-huh. And the same things will transform them unintentionally if they're not in control of their emotions or their powers. Right. Um, and then Jacob's uh, heritage makes him naturally more adept at his powers, which Love is that. interesting. Yeah. yeah, this is cool. Cool little twist. Um, and then the werewolves are actually faster, at least some of than some vampires. I'm sure there's yeah. some vampires that are more particularly fast fast. yeah like like i think edward's supposed to be the fastest of the cullens right but like your average vampire like laurent obviously couldn't outrun the werewolves so there's much more of an even fight that even i was thinking i know yeah or or not maybe even less even like the werewolves are much more powerful than i was thinking they would be coming into this Mm -hmm. um like just individually right well i think also a plus is that they are in packs. So I think right, like, exactly. if, it's, if it's one werewolf versus one vampire, that's a bit more difficult versus right. like three werewolves against one vampire. Right, but the one-on-one is, is a little more even than I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. that it had to be a pack thing. But um, but but Jacob mentions that the vampires do have an advantage in the water, which makes sense because they, they don't have breathe, to breathe. Yeah. So <laughs> not not uh, very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we said it because the book pretty much says it, but the kind of fire on the water that Bella sees is Victoria. Her that's hair. her red hair that yeah. she sees. Yeah, it, it's that that's I don't think it's like ever well maybe it is. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I I, I feel like it is cuz I remember I know that I'm not I know I'm not just like guessing that. I know I remember some point. There wouldn't be a reason that she would think that there's like fire. Right, but at some water. point 
Well, I think when Jacob tells her that Victoria escaped in the water, I think Bella's like, oh, that must have been Victoria's yeah, hair. For, yeah, okay. They, right. they say it straight out yeah. at some point. Um, also, something maybe you can clear up with me, but the, I guess there was like a gap when there were no werewolves. Because Alice was saying like the time that the Collins were living there as the whole family. I know way back they made the treaty but then with Carlisle, but with the whole family... Well, yeah, that's like why uh, Jacob, whenever she asks, like, who did this to you? Like, if it's not Sam and he's like, it's your reeking bloodsuckers. Mm-hmm. It's like the vampires. Right. So, like, what, what, where were the werewolves before? Because Alice had never seen them before. Like, Right. They were just there any? did not exist. They just yes. skipped a generation? Yeah, they skipped a generation. Sam oh, was the first one. Oh, uh, interesting. To, yeah. He, so, when he changed, there was no other werewolf. Okay. There. So, so is it like, like triggered by va- like vampires? Negative, like bad vampires, like non colons showing up and being around? Vampires. Maybe it's like a trigger for their powers to show back up? Because mm-hmm. there were colons, so it wasn't like. Yeah. But they had the treaty, so I guess they didn't need to be werewolves or something? I don't know. I'm kind of well, confused. Well, the colons weren't there the entire time. The but colons they were there, were there and then they left. Like, right. Billy. But why didn't Sam become a werewolf like when the Cullens were there? He did. Oh. Like when the Cullens first came back, there weren't so that, werewolves. So, is that, so I am right. So it is like trig- the existence. It's triggered of, okay. by vampires. So the Cullens did trigger it too. It just took a little longer. Exactly. For, okay. And that's why Jacob I guess I'm thinking the Cullens were there them. longer than I was thinking. No, they were there, right, for like that generation, but as long as they could be. And then they left. And they yeah. didn't come back until like everybody was dead. But they had to come back to... Uh, make sure the treaty treaty was still intact, but right. there were no werewolves at that time. Okay, all right, yeah. And then Alice gives us an update on what's going on with the Cullens. Uh, so, like we said, Edward isn't really staying with the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she mentions he's currently in South America, like Nazis. <laughs> okay. After yeah. the war, um, he's doing his own thing. But Carlisle is working up in Ithaca, teaching at Cornell. Love it. That's your dream oh god yeah <laughs> not having to sleep working at a hospital and teaching perfect uh esme is busy restoring a 17th century home my dream yeah i was <laughs> i was gonna say that joke uh emma and rosalie are off on a trip to europe uh, i guess uh also Nettie dream. and jason's dream <laughs> yeah i mean our dream too but they could actually do it right. uh and jasper is attending cornell studying philosophy love that yeah that's Good for him. Yeah. And then Alice has been uh, spending her time kind of track down her backstory uh, to her past that she can't remember. Right. Because if if uh, people don't remember from the first book, we learn that she was turned by the a janitor at the insane asylum she was put at. Mm-hmm. Uh, who the janitor was a vampire turned her into a vampire because of uh, James was going to kill her. Right. And so, but she has amnesia. She can't remember why she was, what, where her real family came from, why she yeah, was at this place. as a result of, like, the shock treatment. Right. Um, but she has learned that her real name is Mary Alice Brandon. She also has a little sister named Cynthia who lives in Biloxi. Well, she, I think her sister, is her sister still alive or her sister's daughter or something like that? I thought it was alive? just her sister oh, was okay. in Biloxi. I wasn't sure. Um, but it's a little sister. Mm. Uh, my dad used to live in Biloxi. Yeah. Interesting. It's a That's place. very strange. Yeah, there's an Air Force base. So. Yeah, it's not a great place. Oh. Unless you like tacky casinos. Mm. Which who doesn't? 
Um, and then we learn a big thing. Alice's powers don't. She can't predict werewolves. Yeah. She has no ability well, to see them come in anything. Yeah, she Bella was, died because she didn't see Jake she could, pulling Oh, I didn't water. even. Oh, I didn't even connect that. That makes so much yeah. sense. Oh, that's why she came. Cause she because she, she couldn't see Jacob save. Oh my god. She she was wow. expecting to see fucking Billy. I mean, not Billy. Uh, Charlie uh, Charlie, come Charlie home. miserable. Like well, she probably to... could see Charlie miserable because of Harry. So she true. might not know. Oh, true. What, why he's upset? Right. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, oh that's god. why she didn't come expecting to see fucking. Bella there right. alive. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Okay. Because yeah. I literally had wondered that. I was yeah, like, was well, like, wouldn't she know she's okay, though? But no, but she but didn't because Jacob saved Jacob. her. And, yeah. and she was with all the werewolves that whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. All makes sense. Yeah. And now I got some predictions. A couple. Ooh, I am. Okay. What are you I got doing? one big one that I am so stoked about. I can't wait to tell oh you. Oh, my God. I can't wait. One okay. I wrote that I don't really. Uh, I wrote it before I finished reading the chapters. So I don't really buy it anymore because i uh, but i was saying that the stage is a set for romeo and juliet i literally wrote that down before it said oh, that, that was right. romeo and juliet yeah. <laughs> so it, it became less cryptic and it was all just kind of a metaphor for paris so i right. don't really i was gonna say that's gonna be like like she saw the um like like the ballet studio that was gonna be like a a, oh, a, a set a set later in the story i don't think so anymore because i think that was all just the for the Paris yeah, idea the, metaphor. I could love Jacob thing. Yeah. I don't think Quill's going to get his powers. Interesting. Just because they keep mentioning he's like almost there. Like, well. The only reason I think he might is because of his heritage. Jacob was explaining yeah. that he has. But like, I just don't think he will only because like they just keep talking about like. Interesting. He's, it's something he's going to get any day now. Okay, okay. And like, why would they have Embry get it? Because at like this point, the, I would feel like the point of Quill not having the powers was so Bella could talk to him that one time before, because, you know, and so she could see the thing Jacob was worried about. Mm-hmm. Now Quill is worried about the same thing with Jacob and that she, he needed that kind of moment. That's why Quill hadn't joined. But now, like, he should have just done it by now unless they're saving him for something else. But I just feel like because they're talking about it so much and it hasn't happened, there's going to be some twist with it. He's not going to have his okay, power. Okay, I like that prediction. Or he's going to be like a sissy-ass werewolf. Okay. And now my big one. I'm really excited about this. I really feel strongly about this. So Alice at one point does an impression, a perfect impression of Edward's voice. Interesting. And that, like... To the point that uh, Bella's like, oh, God, wow, that was, like, exactly his voice. And we know, I was wondering, how is Edward in Bella's mind? Because he established that he can't penetrate Bella's mind. He can't read her mind or do whatever. Right. What if, I think it may be Alice, some weird manifestation of her power, she's able to be in Bella's head, and she's the one talking to him this whole time. Okay. Edward hasn't talked to her at all. It's all been Alice impersonating Edward because she knows she'll listen to Edward. Interesting. Interesting. Because I I just think, why else would you make a point of saying Alice can do a perfect impression of Edward's voice Mm. when Edward's voice is such a key thing in this story? So Hmm. I'm very excited about that. I just really... What? (laughs) What is that noise? Oh, is that a honk? Meep, meep. Chugga, 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 chugga. Oh, is that a train? Why is that train on the highway? Oh my god! Just what? kidding. It's a it's a road. We're on a road. And that road goes straight to pretension. That's right, folks. It's road to pretension time, where normally we take one major theme and one major book and we discuss how it relates to New Moon. But this week, I got real in the weeds with the book I was covering, so we're throwing out the theme for (laughs) levity's sake, and I'm just going to cover one major book. 
So now, to prove that YA can be lit too, fam, we're going to take a classic piece of literature and see how it compares to this week's chapters of New Moon. Fuck yeah, what are we doing? Today we'll be diving straight into the murky depths of heartache as we explore the classic Love in the Time of Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's recently had a more re- a resurgence into uh, today's culture. Um, Dude, the, as a the cholera. Of a, a the, pandemic. the disease, yeah. Pandemics. More relevant than ever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the, the plague by Albert Camus is also doing really well, sales wise. Perhaps. Any, yeah. any book that just mentions disease, I'm sure, is doing great. Mm-hmm. So, Love in the Time of Cholera is a classic and a fantastic book and read. And the story begins with the renowned doctor, I'm not going to try his first name, Dr. Urbino. Huevino? 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 Dr. Urbino uh, is traveling to examine the body of his good friend Jeremiah, who has recently killed himself. The doctor returns home to find his pet parrot escaped. Dr. Rubino finds the bird in a nearby tree and grabs a ladder to retrieve it. But just as he lays his hands on the bird, he loses his balance and falls to his death. Oh, shit. At the late doctor's wake, Florentino Oriza, uh, just a blanket apology for how I pronounce these names, <laughs> arrives and professes his love for the recently widowed wife, Fermina Daza. She is understandably horrified by the circumstance, because bad timing here, yeah. and sends him away. But this confession leads her to remember the first time he professed his love for her. Many years ago, as a teenager, Florentino briefly meets Fermina in passing and instantly falls in love with her. He later gives her a letter professing his feelings, and the two soon begin a correspondence. Though only ever seeing each other briefly in passing, for the next two years they would write almost every day to each other. Wow. But when the letters are found by Fermina's father, he takes her away with him on a trip for several years. When she returns, now 16, she rejects Florentino, disgusted that she could ever been in love with him. 51 years pass by as Fermina goes on to marry Dr. Urbino, and Florentino consumes himself with sex, work, with sex and work, trying both to mask the pain of losing Fermina and to raise his station until he's good enough to deserve her. <laughs> consumes himself with sex work. <laughs> I, I know. I completely fu- <laughs> I read sex work. I was like, wait, that what? That means something real different. He's, uh, that's a different path. <laughs> I mean, he kind of does. He consumes himself with sex work. He's just not. He's just paying for it. After the wake, Florentino is able to win her over once again, and the two take off on a river voyage. On the ship, they make love for the first time, and the dream Florentino held his entire life has come true. Fermina worries about people seeing them leave the ship together and causing a scene, so Florentino raises a yellow flag, which signals that there is a cholera outbreak on the ship. With the flag up, no port will take them, so the two are left exiled to sail the river together for eternity. Love in the Time of Cholera is primarily an exploration of the way heartache can manifest into physical pain. Mm -hmm. Throughout the book, lovesickness is treated like an actual illness. For example, as a kid, Florentino becomes so worried about whether Fermino will reciprocate his feelings for her, he is mistakenly diagnosed with cholera. Wow. And Bella's emotional pain is treated in a very similar way. Often she describes her heartache as a literal hole in her chest, a wound that keeps reopening. Even the mention of Edward's name causes Bella to reflexively clutch at her chest as if she's having a heart attack. Sorry, Harry Clearwater. I also would like to point out that reminded me a lot of um, whenever she says uh, the other Dr. Durandi um, almost like diagnosed her with like, what's it called when you're like 
frozen, essentially, not moving. Uh, she was saying he was like comatose. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, literally. And I'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and this idea of emotional pain made physical is shared by the people around Bella, too. If you were an outsider listening into Daddy Swan talk to Alice about Bella, you might think she was going through rehab after a bad car accident mm-hmm. or in like a cancer remission. Yeah, no kidding. Quote, I don't know if she's going to get over it. I'm not sure if it's in her nature to heal from something like this. And I wonder if she ever grasped, I wonder if I ever grasped how much pain she was really in. Mm. I mean, this sounds like someone with an illness, not someone he was just broken up with. Truly. Love in the Time of Cholera is also about the way people respond to pain and suffering. Florentino, while initially vowing to save his virginity for Fermina, quickly resorts to using sex as a coping mechanism, a sort of narcotic to stave back the chronic pain of his heartbreak. But while sleeping with countless women, he never loses sight of the dream of one day being with Fermina, always saving his heart for her. When he isn't comforting himself with pleasures of the flesh, he is working to make himself better, worthy of her love, using his pain as a constant motivator. Damn. Though very different on the surface, I think Bella employs uh, uh, actually a similar coping strategy when she loses Edward. Instead of sex as a distraction, Bella completely numbs herself of any feeling like you said the, she goes into a almost comatose state yeah you know uh like brain dead as i put it she is sort of like in hibernation sacrificing all of her emotions in order to block out the pain mm. but after hearing edward's voice outside of the sketchy bar she switches tactics like florentino she works to find a way back to edward even if it is just his voice she begins her plan of rebuilding the bikes which comes with the added bonus of distraction in the form of Jacob. But as we know, things don't go according to plan, and they begin developing feelings for one another. However, she never lets go of her feelings for Edward, just as Florentino never lets go of Fermina. Yeah. Bella and Florentino also share a similar dream. Bella wants nothing more than to become a vampire, not for the powers or any kind of abilities like that, but so that she can spend an eternity with Edward for every young, perfectly preserved snapshots from a time they first fell in love, protected by the curse, or disease, of their powers. Mm. While there are no vampires in Florentino's world, he manages to achieve his own form of eternity. Always it was other people that stood in the way of their love, and now under the protection of the yellow collar of flag, they are finally left alone. On the riverboat they have their own, small eternity to live out, letting the beautiful disease of their love ravage them for the rest of time. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a great book. Fantastic read. Um, and I just love this idea of, you know, this emotional heartbreak is, mm-hmm. is, is like a disease like anything else. Yeah. And I think treated and, and so much of language is, is, is a way of explaining pain like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can explain like a wound medically, but, you know, we we never say, like, I'm really sad that I got dumped. You know, you say my heart is shattered or, like, I'm, you know, like I'm dying on the inside. Like, I feel like I'm rotting away or something. You know, you, we yeah. use these physical, you know, these uh, heightened language to give words to pain that isn't tangible. And I think a good way of doing that is using things that are tangible, like disease and injuries. Yeah. And I think the book does a great job of that. And I think uh, Meyer, Stephanie Meyer, does a great job with that. With yeah. Bella. Especially the way, the consistent way that, like, Bella, Bella, like, goes to her chest, like, physically. Like, her heart really is the source of her pain. Like, her literal heart. Yeah. And and I love the way the uh, 
the hole in her chest. Like, I think she literally describes it as like a wound reopening. Like, it never fully heals. Yeah. It's like maybe scabbing over, but it gets reopened and it's constantly. Mm-hmm. It's great. I really loved it. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. Yeah. That was great. Well, that's enough from me. Jess, I know you have a very special segment today. So I'm slamming the brakes. I'm pulling right over on the side of the rope retention. Yeah. I don't care who I hit along the way. All right. So um, this week, you guys, I thought I'd do a little bit of a tribute um, to our good friend. Cholera. No, Harry Clearwater. Oh, Yeah. R.I.P. He passed. Yeah. So, um, no, Spencer, you've joked about the obviousness of this happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I stand by that. (laughs) But when I first read this, I was actually a bit blindsided by it. Um, weirdly. And I wanted to count how many times Harry's heart trouble was mentioned. And it's actually only like twice. I think I it, I only remember it twice. Um, I actually bought the ebook so that I could search up specific terms like Harry mm-hmm. and, uh, cholesterol. Did you put that in our, uh, on our, um, our company card? We don't have podcast. one of those. But... Shh, babe, don't say that. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I I, well, I did take out a lot of credit cards to buy those stocks. So, um, <laughs> so we just call them company cards. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the first time was when the Clearwaters and Swans and Blacks had that spaghetti dinner at the Blacks mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Um, Sue was teasing her husband about eating something healthy. Uh, and then the second time was when Bella had Daddy Swan call up Harry to see what was happening with Jacob. He has heart and trouble. Harry had been in the hospital to get some tests done with his heart. Um, which leads us to chapter 16. I wonder what his BNP level was. I don't know. I'll ask Stephanie Meyer if we ever meet her. Which leads us to chapter 16. Harry Clearwater has a heart attack and passes. Um, And I would like to take a deep dive into his life and his story as much as I can. Uh, If you recall from chapter 15, Jacob mentions the members of the last pack, the ones who made the treaty, original treaty with the Collins. They were Ephraim Black, uh, Quilatera, and Levi Yuli. And it's descendants all from... All great names. Yeah, I know. I love all those names. I know. Um, and it's descendants from these men that make up the pack today. Mm-hmm. Harry Clearwater's grandmother on his father's side carried the werewolf trait. Oh, see, I didn't even realize Harry was part of the tribe. Yes. He, oh, I completely He was a misunderstood. tribal elder. Oh, pff, I completely missed that. Yeah. That's I thought why... he was like a, just a friend, just one of the boys and forks i mean yeah he's he was great friends with billy and charlie right right no i just I, somehow i just completely misunderstood oh. <laughs> that <laughs> gotcha. but yeah he um he carried the i i think he had the atera line was one the one that he was a part mm-hmm. of uh which billy inherit which harry inherited but like billy he was never a werewolf um, but also, like Billy, he was a tribal elder and okay. knew of the stories, and I, he knew they were real. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to ask that, but I didn't. I was afraid to because I didn't know if it would just. It was something. I figured it was going to come up later, but I was wondering if Billy was ever a werewolf. No, he was not. Okay, interesting. When he was a young boy, he was able to see his. Uh, he saw his like great grandfather or grandfather change like mm-hmm. one last time. So mm. he. He's seen it. He yeah. knows it's real, but he never experienced it. So himself. literally did just skip a generation. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be crazy then. That's got to yeah. be a big deal for the tribe. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that gives it a whole another um, angle to it. Sorry. Yeah. But no, continue. absolutely. Um, and growing up, uh, Harry was best friends with Billy and Quill the fourth before Quill passed 
And I'm unsure about when he became friends with Charlie, if it was if he was like Billy or Harry that knew him first. But obviously, uh, Harry became great friends with Charlie, going fishing with him basically any chance they got. Um, and it'd be a real shame if I didn't mention Harry, Water- Harry Clearwater's famous fish fry. Hell yeah. And with this, I have a little story of my own to tell. Oh, my God. So for Christmas this year, one of my or one of my dear sisters <laughs> gifted me a cookbook. It's actually the unofficial, technically, a Twilight cookbook. And the author's last name is Myers with an S. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't, but I <laughs> I, I love it. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> and well We should th- review that book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of the recipes in this cookbook is Harry Clearwater's famous fish fry. Um, and you know your girl had to try it out for this week's deep dive. You gotta. Uh, interestingly, though, the recipe was not so much a fish fry. Uh, it was more like a salmon bake. Yeah, it was like a baked, it was, you know, wrapped in foil, put in the oven. Yeah. But it was still great. Was, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, but it included Harry's secret sauce with it. Um, I think that was supposed to be the homage to twilight so uh but personally the secret sauce was cholesterol personally i didn't like the dish all that much <laughs> that's fucked up uh, <laughs> personally i didn't like the dish all that much but it, it that's is still very I, fishy yeah i yeah. don't really like fish unless it's fried and even then not all that much but you're not you're not liking the fish you're liking the breading at that point you right know, like exactly. all fried things yeah i just don't like fish which um, is fine yeah but Spencer, you tried it with me, so why don't you? Uh, what? How did you feel about it? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we were. I was in a bit of a time crunch between the podcast. I had to go to work, so I didn't get to uh, eat a ton of it. Um, but I got a few bites in. It was good. Uh, it is very fishy. So, like, I'm not a huge fish guy, but um, I enjoyed it. It was. Yeah. It was tasty. Yeah. yeah. And, and then all the rice and all the veggies in it too. The sauce was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was great. I didn't. I wish I got to like kind of. I was wish I was hungrier and I got to like sit down and really appreciate it. But I, I love that we yeah. did it. And um. Well, back to Harry. Upon reading the uh, official guide. Uh, to Twilight, Harry. I can say that there is very little to him as a character. Actually, his personal mm-hmm. bio section is only about a paragraph long, and most of the info I have about him I've gathered from other people's bios. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which leads me to assume that he's more of a like a plot device than an actual character. Yeah, more um, like a clot device. Because it's arteries Stop. clotted. <laughs> That's Stop. funny. No. Come on. That's funny. Harry, Harry Clearwater is survived by his wife, Sue Clearwater, who actually becomes a tribal elder in place of him. Oh, nice. And his two children, Seth and Leah. I always love the name Leah. Yeah. It's always one of my favorite names. Leah Clearwater. God, a great name. I know, right? So, yeah, that's pretty much it with uh, Harry Clearwater. But another thing I wanted to say, though, about Chapter 16, I was looking through the Illustrated Guide uh, to Twilight, and one of the chapters in there are her inspiration for certain passages. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorites in the book is whenever uh, Bella contemplates like loving Jacob, comparing him to Paris from Harry. you know, mm-hmm. R&J. Yeah. Uh, her inspiration for that section of the chapter was actually the song Be My Escape by Reliant K, oh. which is a song that I actually personally yeah. love, and even more now that I know that there is like this close association to Twilight. Yeah, I'll listen to that yeah. uh, on the way to work. I yeah. like that. <laughs> I feel like everyone like kind of likes Reliant K. Oh yeah. No one like really talks about it, but every like anytime it's brought up, everyone's like, oh yeah, I like Reliant yeah, I K. Like, yeah. 
I I thought they were a Christian band for a while. They when are. I first started I think, okay, they are. Yeah. But, okay, but I they're mean, not they're like not gospel-y. like overly. They are not say, like, like open the eyes of my heart, Jesus Lord type. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> could, is that you your could... that your impression of Christian rock? I guess my so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know my favorite uh, Christian band. What? Batushka. Is Batushka a Christian? I mean that they're themed. They use like uh, Eastern uh, Orthodox, Orthodox choir chants. <laughs> okay. And they're all in like Eastern orthodox robes on the album fucking metal though it's so badass oh it's so cool i love that though that was great babe yeah and that's pretty much all that i got for this week also i'm glad you got to talk about uh chapter 16 a little more because it it was hard to write the summary about it to do it justice because it's a lot of just contemplation there's not like it's hard to just write out without just quoting what Bella's like thinking and, and saying, but it was a really good chapter and a very, um, I just, that, I that's, really love that. That just moment like with Bella's decision lo- yeah. to, to decide to love him and, and like then it being stripped away just like that. Right. No. And, um, I, I meant to mention that in the, uh, road to pretension, but the way that like, you know, it's, it, it, I kind of alluded to it, but the way, J- you know, she has Jacob and she's thinking about him, but the second Edward possibly is back in her life, she, it, she realized it, he was always like, right there was, beneath yeah, the surface it's always gonna be and him. you realize exactly how strong of a hold he has on her mm-hmm. Which, and that's you fuck but that's it for us yeah. uh just what are we doing next week well next week we got the next few chapters three chapters, more chapters yeah uh 17? 18 19 and 20 yeah sorry 18 19 20 um yeah, sounds great. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, on our website, all of it. You can find at Twilight Pod. And uh, if you have any questions, you just want to say hi, please email us. We love it. Um, yeah. You know, we'll I'll make love to you if you email me. We will or not. But but we'd love to talk to you guys if we ever start getting questions. Um, we'll we'll definitely add that segment. Yeah. Also, if you guys. If anyone's interested in us, make we have we made it. Just got a koozie for me with our logo on oh, it yeah. for Christmas. If people are interested in that or like t-shirts, message us on anything. Let us know because if we get enough people, we'd be happy to start selling that. Absolutely, even just at cost. If people just want to have that merch, I would just love just to sell it. Yeah, but we need a certain amount of people to make it affordable. So for just sure. let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Um, our intro song is by Alex Chavez. You the Chav. You can check out more of his music on his Facebook page, Vintage attire music as always guys uh think about books yeah and love your book don't suck and don't when you use a bookmark don't fold the corner of the page over it really makes me mad i did that for my cookbook i, I know but it's my fucking cookbook it's your it's, cookbook it's, it's messy fine. too now it's that fine. i've cooked worse than that just it. don't if you have a paperback don't fucking bend it all the way around also so it's touching its own cooking. yeah okay well um now i'm just getting mad well <laughs> bye, bye. disrespect books like that it's only the cookbook really because i mean well the cookbook's gonna get messy and nasty anyways um and i had to keep it open somehow in the kitchen so fight me there's nothing you could say to me that make this okay